Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Cormac Moore. It's Cormac here on Sunday Night Live on FM 104. Now, I don't know if you are a blood donor or you hold a donor card, but that's all, you know, legit and above board. But... Did you know that you can actually become a poo donor? Now, I know it sounds disgusting, it sounds ridiculous, it sounds unscientific, but I swear to God, if you don't believe me, listen to the man that's on the line with us now, Dr. Justin O'Sullivan. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. And I'll just ask the question that I've been asking myself all week and that I know uh, there's going to be a lot of other people asking the same thing. Is poo donation actually a thing? Yeah, there is. Yeah, absolutely. It's actually a really important thing. So, you know, what we do is, uh, and what people do is they take fecal material from donors and you can treat particular conditions and clinical conditions in some people by transferring that poo from a donor to the recipient. I was trying to say this to my uh, other half earlier on. I was like, you know what, I'm going to be in- interviewing this fascinating guy about poo donations. And uh, she didn't yeah, believe yeah. me. She, she didn't believe me straight out and I was trying to convince her. But the first question that came to her lips was, how does that transplant actually take place? How does it happen? So there's a couple of ways you can do it. You either you stick a tube down the throat and then you can pour the stuff down. You stick a tube up the bottom and you can pour it up. Or the way that it's moving now is a lot of people are actually putting it into capsules so it's just like a pill and you take it just like a pill. And then the pill goes through the stomach and releases the bacteria and the material in the small intestine where it does most of its work. When you're transplanting, when you're kind of making the donation, how does it go? It's, is it filtered and, I don't want to say cleaned, but like it's not actually taking someone's <coughs> poo and just straight away putting it into somebody else's bowel or gut, is it? We all do safety screening on it. You know, if there's a lot of screening is done and the material is processed. So it gets processed in different ways. But largely, this is a very, very crude therapy and it, and it comes from sort of fourth century in China. And so in fourth century in China, they actually did this as a way of treating some forms of diarrhea. And that's largely what it's used for now is there's a very, very bad form of diarrhea called um, Clostridium difficile infection. And it causes this form of diarrhea and you get an overgrowth of C. difficile and that can become drug resistant. And in those people, there's really very little ways to treat it. But what people have found in the first report was about 1958 in the medical literature was that in fact, you can take fecal material from a donor, be that someone in their family, someone in their house, or just a, a random person. Um, you can take the material, you can process it, you can pour it in or pour it in or give it to them in a capsule and within a matter of hours, those people will stop having their diarrhoea 90, 92% of the time. Works for that and now the, the medical fraternity is, is and the research fraternities are doing a lot of work now to look at other diseases that it may be able to treat. And so there's a lot of randomised trials going on, about 275 odd or so in the US are registered at the moment. And they're doing these trials 
to try and see, you know, whether or not we can treat other conditions where we know that there's a, a change in the microbiome which is associated with the disease. Things like um, ulcerative colitis, inflammatory bowel disorder, the whole range of things that have been associated with it. And it's possible that by restoring the population of bacteria and organisms that are in the gut, that you can in fact then actually like reduce the symptoms or even stop the development of the disorder. Wow, that's fascinating. All from bacteria and stuff in the in your fecal matter. Yep, that's it. From the bacteria, the, the bacteriophages that are present in there, all those sorts of organisms that are present in material. You know, you, you've got to think about this in there's a slightly different way, right? Because when we're born, we all inherit our bacteria from our parents, from our mum predominantly, you know, initially. When you come out of the birth canal, you go in through there, you know, and you get exposed to all the bacteria that are there and all the bacteria from your mum, and you inherit your bacteria from your mum. And so these bacteria are specialised and they're designed to be passed from person to person. What we're doing and what the medical fraternity is trying is, is to do that in a way that's, you know, not at birth now, but yeah. at a certain point to treat a certain disorder. Yeah. It's actually quite normal. It just, just sounds pretty weird, right? Yeah, it does. It sounds very strange um, and, and very unique and, and different. So then, do some people have, like, more powerful or healthier poo than other people? Yeah, so this is what we're, what we're talking about, is that um, we think there are some people who have a really diverse bacteria in their stomachs uh, or in their bowels, you know, and they're very, very, a lot of different types of bacteria, a good range of them, uh, maybe a good range of bacteriophages because they kind of live on the bacteria, right? Good range of those and all other things. And, and some of their bacteria can make things which are like called short-chain fatty acids, are sort of a form of molecule that basically signals to the host and changes host metabolism and things. So we think that there are some people that have really, really good population bacteria. And that if you take those people and you take material from them, you can actually treat a whole lot of people will actually respond to that treatment. Whereas with other people, um, they make a donation, their bacterial diversity is not enough, they don't have the right organisms and therefore they don't actually cause clinical resolution of a condition. And, and for the people with a really good diverse bacteria and all their stuff that's necessary and they can actually cause clinical resolution in people we're calling superdonors because they're the ones that really we want to study. And how do you know if, you've, if you're a super poo? How do you know if you're a superdonor? You don't. The <laughs> <laughs> simple thing is you don't, right? I mean, we, we have tried. We have, we have picked people... Um, in a study that we're doing, you know, we've picked people and we've been very strict about it. And, and in the preliminary results we've got now, you know, one person showed an ability to, to change people's flora and, and some of the other people, they didn't have such an impact. Um, and yet we were very, very strict in how we chose these people. We did clinical tests on them. They went through machines that basically x-rayed their whole body to look at fat deposition and body health. And, you know, we did all these things on these people and we still couldn't pick it until... Um, we actually tried a trial. And so we're trying ways now to, to predict this and to try and develop that. But largely, the super donors are defined um, by what happens when their poo is used um, in in trials or, or in treatments for C. difficile. Ah, so it's like after the fact. You, you can't really tell beforehand. So at the moment, it's pretty much after the fact, yeah. That's right, yeah. And after the deed is done. <laughs> Um, uh, I've seen obviously you're over in, in Auckland and there's some research that you're doing over there I think there's a few people in the UK doing it as well and people are now becoming poo donors um, do they get paid for that or right now is it just kind of like donating blood no 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 so we um, we don't we don't pay for donations it's kind of like donating blood at the moment I mean it's not something everyone can do or everyone should do but there are some banks around there's a big bank in the US called the Open Biome and they they set up to deliver material around the US and there's things changing around the world as well, you know. But this is a, I think this is a quite a temporary thing. 
you know, because <clears throat> ideally fecal material is not something that we want to use as a treatment for people, right? I mean, we're doing it now because we're trying to understand how the organisms are changing and how, how they're modifying the recipient and how that's impacting on the disease or the symptoms of the disease. Yeah. And so as soon as we can identify the keystone species, the things that actually cause the change, right, that be they the, the bacterial viruses or the bacteria themselves or some other organisms that are there, or even products of those organisms, as soon as we can identify that, then we can move towards producing that in a very, very controlled way, in a very, in a standard sort of way that, that allows it to be controlled, allows us to know the purity of it, all of that. And then we can use that as the treatment as opposed to going and getting donations from people, which obviously has a lot of risk associated with it, right? Because you're, you're getting material from people. You could have infection or something, you know, and we screen very strongly. And there have been no treatment associated, very few treatment associated events with this treatment, right? But we want to move towards a much more refined treatment. This is very, very crude, to put it simply. Yeah, no, I guess, yeah. And as, as you said, yeah. as soon as you find that the key things that make the biggest impact, you can uh, produce those or focus down on those directly. Uh, Dr. Exactly. Justin uh, O'Sullivan, that's literally fascinating. I, I never heard of anything that interesting in a hell of a long time. And thanks very much for giving up your time. I'm going to be following this now with uh, uh, a very, very close eye to see how it develops. But um, thanks a million for coming on and uh, best of luck with all of the, the research in the future. Thanks, Paul. Nice to talk to you, man. Have a good day. I will do, sir. Thank you very much. So, uh, yeah, you can become... Uh, a poo donor. Who'd have known? Maybe you get poo donor cards as well that just have the little poo emoji on them and you know that uh, happy days are good. Now, um, coming up after the break, right, have you ever brought somebody home after a night out, girlfriend, boyfriend, other half, and you snuck them in to your parents' house when you were living at home? How did you get them out the next day without being noticed? This is my question to you. It was, it was it very difficult to sneak out that person the next day that you'd brought home? It can be so incredibly awkward uh, doing that. And you know what? If you're forced to live at home, you know, it's just something we all had to put up with and had to deal with. Um, that is made even more difficult if one of the people in your house decides to live tweet the entire thing and the entire process of you trying to sneak your girlfriend out of the house and pretend as if no one knew any different. I'm going to be chatting to a guy by the name of Tricky D. David is his name, who did that with his stepson over uh, last weekend. Uh, it blew up and went viral. We'll be finding out, is his son talking to him after he live-tweeted his stepson trying to get his brand-new girlfriend snuck out of the house after uh, the previous night? I'll also have music on the way from Snow Patrol as well. FM 104, Sunday Night Live with Cormac Moore. 